Welcome to PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is PopX Cast. Excelsior, episode 131, coming to you tonight right here. This is PopX Cast on this October the 3rd, 2021, and we have Team PopX assembled here. What is up, Lindsay Badger? What is up, my cousin Austin Burke? Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's going What's on? What's up, everybody? <laughs> I missed you. Two weeks is too long sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. We, we took a little break though. I here's the thing. You guys have been I've been getting some emails. We did. Like, where where are you guys at? Like <laughs> the two weeks have passed and you guys never did a show. Well, mm-hmm. I gotta let you know, my wife and I we bought a little bit of Halloween Horror Nights season pass at Universal, and we had four weeks straight that we had to do Universal Hollywood Hall well, Halloween Horror Nights. It was amazing. We did, yeah. um, of the four weekends, we got in, get this, seven trips to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, my. That's, that's a whole lot of horror. And that's boy, a- I, loved, I loved living vicariously through your Instagram and Facebook feeds <laughs> yes. because you got yes. some awesome pictures yeah, of man. some super creepy stuff. <laughs> got to meet Jack the Clown, got my name nice. up on the Universal Orlando lights. It was pretty was cool. freaking awesome. Yes. But uh, it was a great, great season and still so, ongoing, both in Hollywood and Orlando. So if you've never been to Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, I believe they do it in Singapore as well. Uh, definitely check that out. Go get but your spooky on. Get your spooky on. It's exactly right. Speaking of spooky, uh, uh, this is this is this. You might be wondering what this thing is. This is uh, oh. from a friend of mine named Ella. And I believe oh. Lindsay has one in the background there I ha- as well. I have a, they've multiplied. You know how bunnies oh, do. They I do, have yeah. One. Two, yeah. 
three oh of them and uh they they are very happy here in oklahoma chilling with me on my nice. my live streams well they look like little glowing peeps they they like, are like glowing they look peeps almost edible they look like peeps they do they're like squishy. they're so squishy but look soft, look at the too. look at the look at the light it's like i know whoa. i love that Whoa, what's happening? Anyway, uh, moving on. Ella Bunny, mybunnyvalentine.com. Give you a shout out. Check her out. She is yeah, an amazing so animal sweet. activist and That's a awesome. sweet human being as well. Desiree in the chat. Um, I want to, oh my God, the chat is like blowing up. I can't even keep up with it anymore. You guys, there's like a dozen people in the chat. I know, this is right crazy. Now, Eric Hypes. So excited. Michael Murray. Um, what's up, Sharky? What's going on? We got Sharky. <laughs> Shout here. out to first time viewer Yoshi King, as Yoshi. recommended from Austin. He yeah. said he sent him the stream. So what's up with that? And we Glad also have uh, what is that? IOT? Uh, was that Sharky? Sharky? I, I don't. Yeah. Oh, he was came it? from Austin. He came from Austin's, Austin's channel. Sharing, as well? oh, sharing wow. is caring, everybody. Sharing Speaking is caring. That, go hit that share button. Please do so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so before we get into uh, the the actual formalities of the show, Austin, you have been all over the freaking world and back i'm a psycho i've been everywhere I, I really have. i'm I a psycho like i've been everywhere There's man that's how i feel I, yeah. just, and i've been you know doing some really fun things got to go some, to some uh, screenings no time to die that's where i saw venom earlier on in the week you got to see a little uh, denzel washington in person yeah man old first denny. Ever, yeah old denny we're on gold denzel <laughs> Uh, that was my first ever Q&A. Didn't get to ask a question, so I was disappointed. But just to experience, uh, you know, Francis McDormand and one of my favorite directors, Joel Cohen, it was it was cool. And uh, this week I'm going back to New York and watching Dune and I believe a couple including. Wait, Jason you're Mala. seeing Dune this week? Seeing Dune this week. All right, everybody in the chat, I hate you, Austin. Yes! No, no, but you know what? The good thing is, though, you're going to get the lowdown before everybody else, so you're going to let us know. You're going to put that video out, and when that bargo lifts, and we're going to be able to know exactly what's going on. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Dune, man. I really, Thank I, you, man. I'm really excited. I'm so excited. But with all that said, you guys ready to kick this show off? Let's do it. Let's do it. Austin Burke, lead us in, man. All right, guys, welcome to Pop X. Uh, we are happy to be back where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. We would like to uh, welcome all of you all to join us live in the popx.live chat room. Come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning in to Pop X, the first 10 to 15 minutes, we run down the headlines since our last show, and then we dive deep into all things nostalgic on retro rewind and then at the halfway point we hit on the show's topic and today we are venom and we are talking <laughs> a lot of spoilers for venom yeah. so uh, get hyped for that yeah i'm so excited i am joseph burke central florida seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast and founder of pop x cast if you're not looking at the screen and you notice something different over on the right hand side you might notice a new logo from one austin Ooh. burke mm-hmm Yes, a little, 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 uh, what do you call it? Preview, a little premiere, if you will. A little taste. A little, little taste. But to also join Lindsay and myself and a host of other creatives on our weekly streams of Creative Multiverse right on Haps.TV. One of the cool things about Haps.TV right now, it is October. We are right smack in the middle of Inktober. It's kicked off officially. We're on day three today. And so immediately after tonight's show, we are going to go over to the Creative Multiverse Myself and Lindsay will be there drawing tonight, uh, literally one hour after the show ends, 11 p.m. Eastern is when that kicks off. Join us. I'll drop the link so you guys can join and watch the fun. 
So, uh, but to definitely check out the Creative Multiverse over on Haps.tv. It's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of cool artists participating in Inktober. So it's been very exciting to see all those streams. Well, if you guys don't know it, I am Lindsay Badger, your favorite geeky Oki. And our last episode, not two weeks ago, but a month ago, uh, we rolled out episode 130 where we talked about Shang-Chi and we rewind back to the retro land of Batman 1989, which was so good. I was so, I enjoyed that episode so much. Um, so make sure you go and check that episode out over on our official website at popxcast.com and all of the other awesome episodes that we've been cranking out for you over the years all are there for you to watch in the collective archive of popxcast. It's true. <laughs> it's true. All right. So uh, while you're here tonight, if you're liking the show, please make sure that you are smashing that like button and you're throwing that subscribe button and the bell and the whole, you, you guys know the thing that you do on the YouTubes. Just do it all. Just do it all. Um, as we schedule our shows, the future shows will show up and you will be notified when our next show is happening if you are subscribed. So that is nice to know. Also, podcast friends, please make sure you go over and give us a lovely five-star rating and review. It helps. It, it gives us all the warmth. It gives us all the feels. All the feels. In the places that shouldn't you. be having feels. I like well, to be felt. I love it. Joe, you should probably take your phone out of that spot if you don't like it there. But it's, anyway, on, so, it's on vibrate, Lindsay. Stop calling I me. Know. Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> I want to give a quick Sorry. shout out right quick over. There's a YouTube uh, buddy that is on my channel at Joseph Burke Arts. Is here tonight. Is his first time watching live. DC is in the house. DC JRS. Yep, that is I the know, D- I know that's DC. the DC from our from our creative multiverse, the very one, and uh, the lovely Miss Desiree as well. Hello, Miss Des, good to see you. And the view of the dude, what's up, dude? Hey, thanks for tuning into PopX Cast. Well, guys, are you ready for some PopX news this week? Let's do yeah. it. All right, let's do it. Don't go anywhere. PopX news coming your way. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is PopX news coming to you live. Right here on popxcast.com. Ah, uh, yes, popxcast.com leading off this week. Wow, we have, <laughs> I believe Austin is, uh, Austin has been trapped into the multiverse there. Oh, boy. Um, I thought it was just his 56K motor. How about, how about them cats? Mm. Anyway, uh, if there is one thing that, that <laughs> you're freaking me out here, Austin, I, I have. Did he get turned into a pop vinyl? His head's not big enough. Oh. Okay. Anyway, if there's one thing Daredevil fans want, it is. To- <laughs> He's still doing it, isn't he? Yep. God. There's one fan to- flavor. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna so do this. So I, oh, I, he I blinked. Can't. He oh, blinked. he blinked. He blinked. Yep. I bet his butthole is puckering up right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, Daredevil fans want is to see a fan favorite Netflix series saved. Uh, nearly three years after the series was canceled, fans are still calling for the series to get new life for even the characters and the actors that play them in the Netflix series. And he brought them into the MCU. Now, rumors that Vincent Donofrio will appear as Wilson Fisk in Hawkeye and that Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock might appear in Spider-Man No Way Home continue to swirl there's a new rumor that is sure to get fans talking now it's rumored that marvel studios is considering a solo daredevil project one that would uh, be a soft reboot of the series though it would star actors from the netflix series so we're bringing them back 
The rumor comes from Daniel Richmond, now that's via Night Edge Media, and indicates that the characters would have different histories for their MCU introduction, and nothing from the Netflix series would be technically MCU canon. Now, the rumor also notes that it's unclear if the project would be a Disney Plus series or a film that uh, would also seem to include various supporting characters from the larger universe of Netflix shows, which means it could potentially also see characters from Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones as well. Now, could Netflix series get a Hulu revival? Could we be seeing these characters come out on Hulu? Austin Burke, what do you think? I love the idea of a soft reboot <laughs> for these characters. I think it's um, I think it's one of those things that, that fans have. Beautiful. <laughs> Did you like that smooth transition? I think we just got a couple of subscribers from that moment. Yeah, just a little bit of lag going on there. Sorry, guys. I, I just I think it's. You're rattling that... my vibranium right now, big boy. <laughs> you don't be doing that. Because you know what happens when my vibranium gets rattled, bro. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how you kept your cool during that. Um, I just... Dude, I, I had no. Literally, I was literally blocking you out in my peripheral. I was like, I can't look at him, and I broke almost broke halfway. It's my but... massive head. It's, it's, it's the fall collection of Ikea. It's oh, not yeah, my brain. God. <laughs> it's the fall collection of Ikea. I, I, genuinely, I genuinely think this is smart because Marvel knows and Kevin Feige knows the impact of these characters. And you got to bring them in the MCU eventually, right? So At some point, yeah. 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 So why recast when there's already this love and affection for characters that were loosely according to a lot of producers, already in the MCU. Now, like you said, Joe, right. soft reboot. I'm absolutely okay with that. Yeah. I'm interested to see how they do it because it's like, does that take away from our love of these characters have different stories? But just to bring them in the MCU that way, but now we're seeing that there are new ways to bring characters into the MCU. So which route are they going to go? I'll be honest so what, with what you. Do, what do you think? I think with the greediness that it needs to be done for Punisher, uh, sure. For Daredevil, you can't yes. you can't tone that down to a PG thirteen. That's Mad Murdock is brutal. There is blood involved. There's bones breaking, and there's there's chaos. I think honestly, it would be a great opportunity for Disney Plus to push those over to Hulu, and that way we would get more of an expanded universe, much like they did with the Modok series. Yeah. Uh, so I think it would be great if they could do that, and that way we will get it unfiltered with the rated R rating and, and just the way it's meant to be comic book accurate. That would be my take on it though. I, I think that who, the, allowing Hulu to be the, uh, the grown up playground per se, grown up playground, um, so yeah. that you're, you're keeping them in the categories. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the rumors going on with, uh, with Deadpool as well, right? They're thinking about doing something with Deadpool or a show X force, on Hulu, and that will in turn be their home for R-rated content. So why not throw in uh, all the all of these other Punishers and Daredevils of the world that uh, feel like they belong in that world? So I, I love that. I, I think that's that's the best. Idea. I think it's smart, and I think that um, it, it's usually pretty. This Night Edge Media has been pretty on point with a lot of their predictions as well, and some yes. of the things that they have actually leaked have come to fruition. Uh, if you're not familiar with Not Edge Media, they're, they're just kind of like cloak and dagger type thing that's in the, in the media entertainment industry. So it's very interesting. Uh, but yeah. we shall see what happens with these these awesome characters. I can't wait to see Charlie Cox back as Derek. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Austin Burke, what do you got for us? All right, so uh, let's talk some box office. And it has a lot to do with what we're talking about tonight. So Venom Let There Be Carnage is opening big at the box office this weekend, Sony is reported that its Venom sequel will open with uh, $71.3 million 
Now, those were the early estimates, and those have actually been updated since then, so we'll talk about it, uh, over its first three days at the box office. That includes $37.3 million from its opening day alone, the second highest of the pandemic. Other analysts project the film may open higher with upwards of $80 million. Now, Jeez. I'm going to pause right there. So the updated updates to the updates, right? Okay, so they've okay, been updating okay, throughout okay, the day. Okay. And basically all of the forecasts have been underselling it. The final total is $90 million. Get the frick out of here, dude. 90 So the original estimates were 50, 50 million. It broke it by 40 million, actually beat the first Venom opening weekend during a pandemic. Now we'll have to see how the second weekend holdover is, but 90 million is incredible. And that's, you rarely see estimates undersell something like that to that degree, mm-hmm. but Venom just kept trudging and trudging and trudging Saturday, Sunday, right? So um, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> and going back to what it could have given Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the second highest October opening of all time. The first is 96. It's still Joker, still holds that title, but 90 million during a pandemic right below Joker with a film that uh, nobody expected to be there. That's incredible. So the first the first Venom ended up opening with 80.2 million, um, 10 million below. Let there be carnage. Guys, what yeah. do you what do you think about this? Man, this is huge. I gotta tell you one thing. I went to the theater last night with my wife and we saw it for the first time together. This mm-hmm. is the first Marvel movie I haven't went on preview night on Thursday night to watch. I promised okay. her that you know what? This is gonna be one move Marvel movie we're gonna we're gonna save for date night. I'm so glad we did because a lot of my reactions were the same reactions she was having in the theater. We got to have that first response reaction time to a to a movie, and it was great. But I got to be honest, looking around my theater and seeing the buzz in my lobby, yeah. it was electric. There was it felt like you know we're back at the movies, and I've been I've been back to that cinema a couple of times to see some movies like Free Guy and stuff like that. But last night. There was just something. It was a Saturday night in, in, in suburbia, Orlando, and everybody was out to see Venom. And it was just amazing. Six of our 10 cinemas were Venom. And it was just fantastic. And so the, the concessions were going, pop cap, popcorn, soda, the, 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 the theaters were, it was just, it felt good. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking to myself, we're back. We're back. Venom brought us back, baby. You know, yeah. you know, Black Widow kind of did that. There was a little bit of discrepancy with the live streaming versus what's inside of sure. the actual theater. It wasn't near as packed. Last night, that theater, dude, that was an opening Marvel weekend movie theater right there. That was a great turnout for my for my hometown here. Well, I, and I think that's uh, sorry, Lindsay. I, no, I was just going to say I think that's the difference between movies that are doing simultaneous streaming releases and movies that aren't. And I think that's going to hurt Dune. I believe it hurt Black Widow with its second weekend. I believe it's hurting some of these other films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of me wishes some of these bigger movies like a Dune, uh, and thankfully Eternals will, Eternals will be, but would just be hitting theaters and not streaming at the same time because mm. this $90 million, you can't go on HBO Max, you can't go on Disney Plus and watch this. It's only in theaters. I think that's a big part of it. Lindsay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was only going to say, um, I didn't get to go to the movie theaters until this morning. Like I caught the matinee wow. first showing of the IMAX this morning. So I missed like the big buzz of the Thursday, Friday and Saturday night showings. But let me tell you, when I'm driving up and down between football games and whatever else, I saw that parking lot. Mm-hmm. That is the fullest I've seen that parking lot in two years. Yeah, man. 
That yeah. was a bump and love or hate venom. I mean, everybody that a, was there. There's a 50 50 <laughs> on venom this weekend. Some people love it, some people hate it. Yeah. Despite that and what you think your opinion is, the theaters were booming this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was and definitely it was great good to for see. the industry. Yeah, so good for the industry. What do you guys think? Did you guys go see it? Let us know in the comments. Drop it down below. We're going to unpack we're, Venom itself here in yeah, just a little we're, bit. We're so to. hold on. Go for it, Lens. <laughs> All right. Let's get a little toy news. We this don't is, talk about a lot of toys. I know, so this but this one, caught, this one caught my, okay, my guys, eye. So, um, all, Look at this all, thing. All these kids know what Nerf is, right? Okay, so Nerf came out with this new Mega XL line, and this I hope thing. Joe has pictures to share with us. It's, it's already on the live stream. Look oh, at. nice. Okay. <laughs> so um, the Mega XL line is about all about the big blasters that fire the big darts, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the Mega XL dart is twice the size of Mega Darts. The first wave of blasters from the series Boom Dozer, Big Rig, and Double Crusher are no secret at this point, thanks to the leaks. <laughs> but if you are, oh Lord, if you are wondering when they would be available for pre-order, you have your answer. Today is the day. If you guys want to go get one of these, you can right now. Pre-order your Nerf Mega XL Boom Dozer Blaster, $42.99. Yep. And it features a six-dart rotating drum with a pump action. Mm. Pump action. Let's do it. <laughs> and a removable shoulder stock attachment. While the Mega XL Double Crusher features a dual barrel pump action shotgun design, the Mega XL Big Rig is a single shot blaster with onboard storage for two additional rounds. Mega XL darts are available in a 10 pack. And like the Mega darts before them, the rounds whistle through the air when fired. That's awesome. So you can pre order these on Walmart or Amazon. Wow. That was. That, I'm just. Dude, that's just that like, is one wicked cool Nerf gun. Come on, Merry Merry Christmas, Come children. <laughs> I mean, I seriously want to get one of these and just literally go out in my front yard and just like fire on an invisible guy that's not even there, just to be just like rolling around in the grass. Oh, squirrels! I can't wait to squirrels have squirrels beware. Wait till the kid gets one to two years old. Just let him stand there and just. <laughs> Wail on him. Just, just, just wear him out with the with the big rig and the boom dozer. Just yeah, take it. Let me the, let me tell you over <laughs> over the last few years, Nerf so has good. really brought it. Nerf has brought it. They have some insane it's toys crazy. guns. Yeah. Um, and I own almost all of them downstairs in my son's playroom. So uh, I'm sure this will be on the wish list for, for this. This thing is bad. This is one bad mama jamma right here. You do that's, not. That's some serious. Awesome. I might have to buy two so my daughter has a defense. I have no idea. It's, it's, oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Well, you know, we never really cover toys that much. And this one is No, we don't. Eye, but so. they come out with some of the coolest toys. They do. They do. All righty, guys. Moving on here. We do have a very packed show. So I'm going to continue on with some Guardians of the Galaxy news over at Walt Disney World's Epcot. <laughs> it's nearly been five years since Walt Disney World Resorts began building Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. However, the ambitious Epcot attraction will not arrive this year as originally planned, due to the pandemic, of course. But via Disney Parks blog, Cosmic Rewind won't open until 2022. But just as he did for Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, director James Gunn will reunite the entire cast. You heard me right. The entire cast of Guardians of the Galaxy. And will begin filming new scenes for Cosmic Rewind. 
as well when they go and produce the actual Christmas show that's supposed to be coming out on Disney Plus very well. So while they're in their makeup for the Christmas thing, James Gunn is going to be getting them while they're in costume for Cosmic that's Rewind. Smart. Here, It's that's very smart. smart. Uh, might as well get them all at one pop, right? And so director James Gunn will reunite the cast with film new scenes of the Cosmic Rewind. Presumably the footage will be produced during the combined shoot of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and, of course, the uh, Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. But unlike Mission Breakout, Cosmic Rewind is Disney's first. Listen to this, guys. This is going to blow your freaking lid. This is Disney's first ever reverse launch roller coaster and also... Get this, and I quote from Disney Park blog, one of the longest enclosed roller coasters in the world. What? The so Disney they, Parks blog also states that it's a story coaster that rotates on the 360-degree diaxis, and you're always focused oh. on all the action as you help Guardians of the, the Guardians save the galaxy. <laughs> they have never you think that Star Wars Mission Breakout and all that stuff is is big? You ain't seen nothing yet. Dude. This attraction is gonna be state of the art. Okay, so I'm, I'm excited about eventually writing this sometime before I die, but I'm also excited <laughs> to watch the documentary of how the heck they put this ride together. <laughs> well, this is this this particular attraction is not this this is something that they're not using another party. Usually when they build a roller coaster, they'll hire a major roller coaster company to come in and build the track and do it all. This is not the case for this coaster. It. Disney is doing it all. And cool. it's 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 going to be one of those things. And if you guys have ever seen Rise of the Resistance down here at Galaxy's oh, Edge. it's amazing. Have you done it, Austin? Oh, yeah. Okay. We did it. Well, you know how crazy and long that attraction is? Well, imagine... Being inside of a roller coaster that's indoors, and it is the longest coaster in the world on a 360-degree pivoting roller. I'm just, I don't know how, how in the world, I don't know why. I'm just done. That's amazing. I don't know. I don't know. And one last thing, I didn't put this in the news, but I got to mention it since we're on the topic of Disney Park blogs. Disney has released an actual lightsaber that retracts. No, stop it. And it is the complete weight of the film-used weight balanced lightsabers, and you flick your wrist, and the lightsaber will retract from inside. Dang. What's the price tag on that bad boy? $229, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, worth that right. Yeah, I, I think that will be 250 bucks invested, well spent. All right, but anyway, moving along here. Um, save your nerd dollars. Save those nerd oh. nuggets, you know what I'm saying? But that, to... Who's not excited for that? I mean, come on. I mean, that's, it is pretty badass. That is pretty badass. Really bad. All right, Austin. We've got I the last one of the week, man. My, sell my Funkos. There's the transition. Funko has been releasing <laughs> new pop figures for many of the episodes of Marvel Studios' What If. I actually have some. I should have brought them over here on Disney+. Plus. And the trend continues with the debut of the most talked about episode, What If Ultron 1. Yes, yeah. we'll talk about that later. Uh, we won't spoil the episode if you haven't seen it yet. Um, look forward to next week's episode. That's when we're probably going to recap the entire series. You are but right. But the promos made it clear that we would see Ultron as Vision. So it's no surprise that Funko has chosen Ultron as the new What If pop figure this week. Pre-orders are live here uh, at Entertainment Earth. Now just search Infinity Ultron, and that's where you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. One of the big draws of What If is the MCU stars provide voices for the animated versions of their characters with a major 
twist, the show explores the multiverse. So your favorite characters are going to take on new roles like T'Challa as Star-Lord. Got that one. Peggy Carter as Super Soldier. Captain Carter. Got that one. This is, of course, <laughs> this, of course, has made for some very interesting Funko Pops. Recently, uh, Queen General uh, Ramonda Angela Bassett's character was added to the collection, and you can pre-order it now at Walmart with a pop protector for sixteen sixty-six. It's also available uh, at Entertainment Earth and on Amazon without the case. Funko also notes that King Killmonger oh, yes. will launch at Target sometime this fall. Collectors, be ready. Now, I'll tell you guys, there's some other great stores. Hot Topic, yes. uh, FYE, Box Lunch. I've been able to find a lot of exclusives through these guys. Now, you're going to have to kind of be waiting and and be if they have a website or an instagram page i know box lunch has an instagram page just to see where your local ones are coming but a lot of these will come to the stores before pre-order and i've had to go stand in line for quite a few for these two venom figures uh those are examples but the what if figures are really hot so those are some great places to get them but if you have the patience to wait pre-order on all the sites i just listed are good options as well. Do you guys uh, you guys like these Funkos? I do like the Funkos. Actually, as a matter of fact, I have about 98% of all the Incredible Hulk Funko Pops ever released. <laughs> but having said that, there is one Funko Pop that eluded me, and it is what they call the uh, the Blacklight, uh, wait a minute, Blacklight Ragnarok Hulk. I think mm. I just know what you're talking And about. he is lime green, and he's, oh. he's reactive to Blacklight, but he's painted like a comic book. Yes, it That's is cool. it's so rare like it's he's so literally cool. going for 300 dollars on ebay right now and i'm like there's no way in hell i'm going to pay that but anyway i digress but yes i'm a little bit of a funko pop now here's a funko pop you a lot of people look they actually made a tardis yes. funko pop yes isn't that cool I love that dude. yeah man a little, so little doctor who right I, the thing i love about funko pop is that there's such a large variety they're not limited to just certain ips i mean you can literally imagine anything there's probably a funko pop for it that's true yes. yeah yes yep were you guys ready for a little retro rewind let's 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 be let's kind go and rewind let's be kind and rewind on the retro rewind we'll be right back the lost boys coming your way The Retro Rewind, and we're turning it all the way back to the 80s yet again. And one of my favorite Halloweens, I always visit this sometime in October. I don't know why, it's just, part of me is the soundtrack, Grand Little Sister. But, you know, I just, I like a good, what is it about the 80s and the vampire stories? You know, you've got Vamp, you've got Lost Boys, You've got all these movies in the 80s, Once Bitten, which was Jim Carrey's first ever cinematic arrival. Um, You've got all these crazy, goofy 80s movies, and you got the ones that are actually really, really good. Uh, You know, you get started getting into the Van Helsings and all of that stuff, and it was really great. And then Monster Squad. Can't forget about Monster Squad, you know. But uh, Lost Boys was just one of those movies... Kiefer Sutherland, let's just stop right there, uh, is a phenomenal actor, and seeing him in the role as the, the well, not that technic, technically the lead vampire. David. But, um, yes, Sir David. 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 But uh, we get a family that's moving to this 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 kind of coastal community town, and, and what they don't understand and what they don't know 
starts to consume the family, especially the older brother. And uh, we see uh, his his wanting to be accepted among his peers and willing to do anything it takes. And in the end, it ends up costing him, you know, uh, technically his his soul to a, to an extent. And so uh, we see that whole story unwind, but then we see his little brother and then Corey Feldman, we see them all try to get together, to band together, to try to save and kill the king of the vampires. And so, you know, talking about this one, you know, Wolfman's got nards. That's right. <laughs> Somebody's been watching the Monster Squad. I love Wolfman. Such a great quote. But uh, it's really interesting. I want to talk a little bit to Lindsay and Austin here because I've yeah. seen this movie a dozen times. This is one of my, this is in uh, like the Joe's top maybe 40 80s movies of all time. Austin Burke. Have yeah. you seen it before? And if you, That's did you rewatch it? Like, is this a first watch for you or have you seen it before? Not a first watch, although it's been a long time. This was one my dad really, really loved. So he would put it on all the time uh, when we were growing up. And I remember it being this somewhat like campy-ish, comedy-heavy. And I forgot it was Joel Schumacher, right? So It is Joel Schumacher. Yeah, which is crazy because there's this stigma of Joel Schumacher. Like some of the bad movies that he's made, they overshadow ones like The Lost Boys that just embrace that comedy to a degree that works extremely well, but you're also dealing with something that everyone's familiar with. And that is uh, vampires. Of course, I had a great time rewatching this. I did. You know, it's one that maybe I wish there was a little bit more gore. Maybe I I wish they leaned a bit heavier into certain things, but it's like the style of it all just worked so well in Schumacher's hold on these characters. And I think it does such a good job of fleshing out, maybe not even, individual characters but like your groups that we're kind of focused on and you get these incredible performances obviously uh cory Haim is really good and and your vampire group when they're taking michael out and there's there's one scene in particular that i just i latched onto about halfway through the movie and from then on i'm like kind of all in on this style which one was and it? It was it was when they're all leading Michael. Remember when they're hanging off of the uh, oh yeah hanging off of the platform. The where yeah, and the he's train like he's like Michael, my and I didn't like I knew it was Kiefer Sutherland, but I I didn't realize that he had this level to him because you're used yeah. to this stoic, very serious right for nowadays. But back in the day, the guy captured the the baddie, maybe not the main baddie, but one of the baddie vampires so well. And yeah. I'm like, dude, you're. Yeah. You're crushing this role, right? So this is one of those movies that I had a good time rewatching. Madison had never seen it before. Really? Um, so we, we start watching it and she's like, okay, what, what, are, what are we doing here? What is this? And I'm like, I just did it. it it's good. Just, just, and by the end of the movie, she's like, that was a fun movie. Really? That was a really fun movie. So nice. she ended up really, yeah. really liking the film. Yeah, you got to really be patient with it. I mean, it doesn't really get going until about 25, 30 minute mark. Uh, you start getting a little alludes here and there to the to the the vampire tribe, if you will, and and uh, but the story really doesn't kick off until we start seeing the brother become yes. a part of this clan, and 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 so and that's yeah. when it kind of starts taking off from there. And we see, you know, his his younger brother Corey Haim's character. Um, yes. God rest Corey Haim. Uh, is he he passed away? Right, I think Corey Haim died. I believe. I believe so. Anyway, yes, he died. Yeah, like he, he was one of those early. Ago, yeah, he's like one that. of those early teen. Twenty ten, March tenth. Yeah, okay. yeah, it, it sucks. But anyway, yes. 
Um, it was, we see that whole thing trying, you know, you through your younger kids' eyes. And I love the perspective of that. That's one thing that I think Joel Schumacher got right. And it's almost going back to the Richard Donner's The Goonies. Mm-hmm. You're telling the story through the eyes of the child. Mm-hmm. And when you can do that and you can do it pretty effortlessly, I mean, there's some quirks here and there. I'll give you that. I mean, Joel Schumacher is Joel Schumacher any way you want to look at it. <clears throat> Batman forever. But anyway, we, um, <laughs> you know, we ain't going to talk about those Batman sequels, but um, I do enjoy this film. And I th- Lindsay, let's, let's, what, what yeah, did you think about yeah. it? Yeah. Um, God, it's been forever and ever since I've seen this movie. I've, I've watched it several times in the past, but it's been probably a good solid decade since I've, I've really watched this. Yeah. So it was nice to revisit that again. Um, it did have a slow open to it, but mm-hmm. I kind of appreciated the build. Yeah. Um, yeah. It didn't come right out and say like, welcome to Vampire City. It was like, oh, well, this looks like a fun place, but in the dark corners and shadows, keep your young ones close. And then they have like all of the missing children posters and the kid on the, you know, the carton of milk and that sort of thing alluding to these children being abducted and eaten and all the weird stuff. Yeah. But um, I, I, it did have a slow build. There was a couple of characters that just grinded on me, like the mom. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. can't, I can't, she's just naive. It's the, yeah. the naiveness. standard yeah. trope, helpless female that, you know, if there was a stairwell, she probably would have been running up it anyway. So <laughs> you know. I always will see that actress as Edward Scissorhands' happen. stepmother. I know. Oh, well, here's yeah. the thing too, is I was, I could not get past the Goonies feel with, yeah. with Corey Feldman either. It yeah. was the same thing. And I was like, why do yeah. I, you know, just, but, you just, know, Corey Feldman, attaches Corey was typecast things. back in the eighties for that particular you know, you yeah. think of the Stand By Me. Well, and the it's Goonies. the same thing with um Alex Winter exactly as the, one the of the vampires. Thing. I was yeah. like, where's where's Bill and Ted's going to show up and go travel <laughs> the time? You know, I mean, it's just yeah. you have all of these huge name actors that may not have necessarily played their huge roles just yet, but now in this current moment, you know them from there. So it's just like, well, this is just a wacky circus that we're just going to put yeah. all these people together. Yeah, and I had forgot totally about Alex Winter being one of the vamps. I, I yeah. just... I was sitting there, I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa. San Demas. Well, and, and Edward Herman is just a fantastic, you, the head vampire, the head for vampire, those who don't yeah. know who Edward Herman is. He has so many good smaller roles, too, that he plays. And I was like, man, you're just like the dad. Yeah. Like yeah. the stereotypical dad. And he plays like, and here's here's the thing. It's It's even if you haven't seen this movie before, it's a very predictable plot. It I is, think to an extent, yeah. Um, so you just have to go into knowing that it's not going to be like the best movie you've ever seen in your life, but it has so many standard tropes of the era that I I appreciate it. Yeah, it has the the little brother in all of his fashion sense. It looks like he came straight out of some weird wacky um, clearance fabric sale at. at some craft store Pretty anyways much. but yeah. i mean that was essentially kind of like the the higher end fashion of the times where on the other end the older brother um michael was was more about the motorcycle kind of yeah. like grease yeah. monkey kind of feel of, yeah. of, of of the times as well too the alternative rock styling kind of like bender was, from Bre- uh, breakfast club yeah. you know had that yeah you know, exactly it's, i mean it. you see you see those personalities and those tropes um, represented and, and they do so well to blend it all together yeah um star was fantastic i loved her yeah she was um 
she was kind of the the guiding light, the heart, the I would say, of the of the yeah, movie. I get that. She's like, no, it's just a boy, as the boy's trying <laughs> to literally suck your soul. Yeah, you know that sort of stuff. But um, the thing that weirded me out the most was the whole drinking the bottle of blood thing, mm. and it wasn't really fully explained until way, 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 way. Later, later in the film yeah and it was like you know i kind of understood what was going on there but it was like this is like come on kids say no to drugs sort of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Message don't behind give in to peer pressure what are you talking about exactly but oh one of the gosh, things that too but... i think about this film is really great too and it's probably one of the most talked about things of this film is the soundtrack cry oh, little sister oh, fantastic. You know, it's a timeless hit it's definitely i mean for its time it was definitely on the 80 billboard top uh 180s uh, when the film came out, it came out, and it was you know, cry little sister. You hear them you, immediately. You you know that it's from the Lost Boys, but a mm -hmm. lot of people don't know this. But the Lost Boys is actually spawned its own series. If I'm not mistaken, I didn't know that. yeah, there's an actual series, Lost Boys. Uh, shoot, what's the name of it? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be really bad right now and Google the Lost Boys series That's while okay. I'm, while I'm on here. But uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure. All right, so there's another movie. It looks like there's a couple movies actually made. The Lost Boys, The Tribe. Lost Boys, okay. The huh. Thirst, and gotcha. uh, they all have Corey Feldman in it, mind you, oh, which is kind of interesting. interesting. Um, but they were talking about doing a series, I believe, on Crypt TV as well or something along those lines. I don't know where that came to fruition. Maybe somebody in the chat can help me uh, narrow that down. But um, you know, Go ahead. One of the, the magical things about this and, and just the, this whole decade of movies that you, you were kind of alluding to a little bit earlier was um, – it's I think it's really like the makeup, like the mm -hmm. the prosthetics, the the not in this movie particular, but puppetry also is what we talk about is it's non CGI. Yeah. yeah, practical, practical, practical effects. props and makeup that are making that magic happen. And for yeah. whatever reason, I feel like that makes it a little bit more believable. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, some of the some of the, the when they the, vamp out, man, those fangs yeah, and those eyes and the, the hair and everything—it just looks fantastic. When they were all hanging upside down, yes. and sleeping, and, and then the they cave, woke up, and in the oh cave. my god, it's yeah. Like, that's jump scene. You know, right it's, there. it's oh really I'm glad you said that because you, you think going back to let's look at another movie. I don't know if you guys have seen this Fright Night, the original Fright Night. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's a vampire. You know, you got a you got an evil vampire lord that moves in in the neighborhood next door mm -hmm. and starts your neighbors start dying off one by one. Okay. But the practical effects of that, too. Uh, you know, if you ever get a chance, Lindsay, definitely check that one out as well. I believe if I'm not mistaken, it might be on Amazon Prime. Uh, you for streaming or Netflix. I think I saw it on either Prime or Netflix. But the reason I say that is you were talking about the practical effects of the makeup. Fright Night is one of those ones too that 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 takes what Lost Boys done. This is Fright Night came out before the Lost Boys as well, but it is yeah. this really gnarly looking vampire practical effects. And nice. the, you know, I just love that stuff. I mean, anytime you can do that without CGI, it's what I like about the eighties. They did so much without CGI and was able to tell the story and give us a world. I think of the movie Legend. Legend is a perfect example of practical prosthetic effects without the use of any CGI whatsoever. How did I, you guys like the uh, the inclusion of there was there was two different dogs that played decent big roles mm -hmm. in this movie? Yeah. And I felt like that was it helped sell the vampire point as yeah. well. Well, the dogs barking obviously was one, uh, you know, and I think uh, I, you know, it's just bringing in the wholesome family vibe. You can't have, you can't have a really good family 
type film like this without the dog being an antagonist of some sort. Well, Joe, but, you uh, say you say family vibe. I, I think this maybe more than any other 80s movie has an influence on Stranger Things because mm. I got a oh, lot yeah, of vibes watching yeah. this that I get in Stranger Things. And I'm but it's it's not one of the comps that you often hear no. with Stranger Things. They're they're talking other 80 movies like Ghostbusters, this and that. But I'm like, I'm watching Lost Boys like Stranger Things is pulling things left and right from it this is. show. And so that's a big that's a big plus. That's one of the reasons movie. why I wanted to choose the Lost Boys for tonight yes. is because it does one, it's Halloween. It's it's thirty one yeah. days sure. of Halloween. But number two is that it's it's so iconic and it spawned so much after this. Other films and other franchises were were kind of like literally the Lost Boys was a pivotal point for a lot of these other franchises to be able yeah. to succeed. Mm -hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer so, for one, uh, you know, you, you keep going on oh, and on. Right. Yeah. But uh, um, I want to make sure we get to be able to review this because we're oh, getting low on time. I'm sorry, Lindsay. Quick question before we do, though. How did you guys feel about, okay, so there was like a scale of how the vampires were killed in the the drama of how they they demised so there was like at the beginning you stab them poof they're gone right maybe uh -huh. a little goo involved but then towards the end we started having like toilets explode in the entire house plumbing blowing up like to astronomical proportions and i'm like okay that these vampires are all on the same level but we're having like different experiences i just thought that that was I, I didn't really I don't have a pro or con against it. I mean, I think it just adds to, <laughs> you know, whatever the force of evil is that they're going with sure, this demon sure. that's inside yes. of them that's being tormented. It's almost uh, like the conjuring, you know, anytime that you a demon, you try to go after a demon, something physical is going to happen and manifest. Uh, well, a demon is really what's possessing them. If you think about it, they because yeah. that that uh, the. The older guy who we find out later is the the monarch demon, if you will, or the monarch vampire. Um, he, you know, he, when when they're hurt, it's almost like the conjuring things happen, they manifest and start moving. It's poltergeist and all this crazy. I think it's a really great tie-in, honestly. I think it's just yeah. being smart. Cool. But um, all right, all right, so you're we ready can to wrap it up. Sorry, yeah, I yeah. mean we we can break down all these movies all night long, but yeah. we do yeah. have to get to the yes, main we topic do, as well because we got the creative multiverse eleven o'clock. So, oh. uh, right, Austin Burke, what is your score for Lost Boys? I'm going a solid seventy percent. Nice. I enjoyed, I enjoyed this movie, man. I had a good time with it. It's it's one that I think uh, is an '80s classic for a reason. It influenced, like I said, Stranger Things, a lot of things to come. So a seventy percent for me. Lindsay cool. Badger. I'm going to do it 6.7. 6 6.7, that's pretty good. That's not too bad. I'm going to go a 74% on Lost right. Boys on my end. Right. I went a little bit higher just because it resonates a little bit more with me, giving, yeah. giving my seasoned age, if you will. <laughs> but, um, yes, I really, truly enjoy the Lost Boys. Uh, definitely check it out if you've not seen it. We didn't spoil too much of the plot for you. Uh, no, we just wanted to, we wanted to share a little bit. But speaking of plot spoiling, we are getting ready to transition into Venom. Let there be carnage. Uh, so we're going to roll the spoiler alert warning now. I want to tell you guys right up front before I even roll this this audio sample. We're going to be talking about this end scene credit, uh, this yep. mid scene credit. We're going to be talking about it in detail. So if you don't want to hear about Loki and WandaVision and Doctor Strange and Multiverse, you might want to hit pause button on that because we're about ready to blow your lid. All right. With all that said, here we go. Danger, danger. You are about to enter a pop-up spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is 
shall return. You have been warned. You have been warned, and that is correct. We are talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Austin Burke, I'm going to immediately go to you. I'm going to save my commentary towards the end. I want to get the critic. I want to get the the nerd with the most down here, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Austin, let me know what you thought about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, so, you know, you've got to be in a very specific mindset when watching a movie like this. I've, I've seen... From top to bottom, you know, the film's way too wacky. It doesn't embrace what made Venom Venom in the comic books, which is the darkness, this and that. But I don't actually think... Now, we've gotten some great dark versions of Venom, like in the television show, the, the animated show, a little bit later on in the comic book runs, this and that. But if you go back to kind of the, the heart and soul and the core of Venom and Carnage, there's a lot of wackiness, quirkiness, and almost silliness at play. So that's mm. kind of what the the movie, the first movie anyways, does with the character. Now, I wasn't personally all there on the first film. I appreciated some of it. I, I enjoyed elements, but I thought there was a big, like a 30, 40 minute buildup focusing on the relationship with Michelle Williams' character that mm -hmm. uh, didn't give us a lot of that. A lack of action, a lack of a compelling villain, even though I love Riz Ahmed. So I wasn't all the way there, but I, I loved the heck out of Tom Hardy's performance as Venom. Oh, my God. He's just, yeah, he's committing. He's great. He's committing so hard. This movie kind of, I mean, it sticks with the tone. It actually doubles down on the tone of the first one. It's even crazier, even wackier. Woody Harrelson spouting out one-liners left <laughs> and right. Like, you're, you're what you think of with your classic 80s, 90s one-liners. I'm like, they are just going full B-movie superhero movie in this film. Um, but what it gave me, it gave me, Kind of things that I didn't get in the first. It way more action, a compelling villain. I thought Harrelson did a really good job over the top at points, but really compelling. The CGI incredible. But Venom and Hardy, Eddie and Venom, they're on screen the whole movie. Yeah. It feels like now at one point they get separated and have to find their way back to each other. But even then, we're getting Venom in a, a freaking club dancing with the. <laughs> it was, was amazing. So it was amazing, dude. It was, it was fun, and it's ridiculous but i think the mindset with a lot of people is i want 90s animated venom i want dark you know yeah what we saw in toby's spider-man 3 that, that was a very dark character but they're not going that route they're they're changing certain things and almost going back to the roots and that took me a movie to get there yeah but now that i'm here with venom let there be carnage i would be lying if i said i, I didn't have a good time while yeah. watching this if i said i didn't Love the moments between Venom and Carnage. And one of my biggest concerns going into this movie was the fact that you're not going to get an R rating here. So what yeah. are they going to do? I mean, I mean, Carnage is, that guy's got to eat people. He's yeah. got to get bigger. He's got to grow. But they did it without doing. So they made it happen, showing a few things off screen. But we get the moments vicariously. And I will admit it probably would have been better with an R rating. Just you know more but yeah. they made up for it by still circus andy circus's direction giving us those moments with carnage when he runs through that prison uh ravencroft which we'll talk about but runs through that prison he's tearing people left and right and shredding and ripping and eating and just tongue going down that guy's throat and i'm just like oh my god it was it was awesome it was gnarly dude, dude. it was so cool and it's yeah. at its heart and soul it's a comedy but there were some horror elements in this movie. And when you get that big showdown at the end between Venom and Carnage, uh, I, I got some like, 
unnerving, uneasy moments when Carnage keeps growing and growing and growing. And the moment when he's dropping Michelle Williams character, mm-hmm. it almost felt like when Gwen went down in Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man. And then we yeah. get the big bell, which kind of harkened back to Toby's Spider-Man 3. So it's almost like Sony was paying homage to what has come before, but Tom Hardy going full crazy over the top venom. And now I will admit not every moment of humor worked, right? The comedy, there were some times when venom would say things over top of someone else saying something. And I'm like, we could have just not recorded that line, not even dubbed that line. And maybe the scene would have felt a little bit better because sometimes the humor got in the way of the story progression and some characters didn't work. Like, um, the Michelle Williams new boyfriend that Eddie didn't like. I oh, thought he tried yeah, to be yeah. too funny, and I'm like, that's good just, old Doctor Dan. Yeah, Doctor Dan, Dan. Just like, get out of here. Just, just get out of here. Why, why are you here? Yeah. And he said, he's like, why was he here? He did nothing. Venom was right. He did nothing. Yeah, why are but you here? <laughs> at its core, it was great, and I'm very excited to see. Well, we're we're gonna chat with that here in just a second. Um, I think I think you hit it spot on the head though. This filming knows exactly what it is. And it's playing on it. And, and I, I kind of like the fact that they did make Venom an anti-hero, almost yeah. to a Deadpool-type-esque mm-hmm. feel. Um, and and okay. just to harken back with the bell, bell tower scene, that is from the Amazing Spider-Man comics, the original ones that Todd oh, McFarlane drew. And there is a huge storyline after Secret Wars when the symbiote attached to Peter Parker. There's this storyline where Eddie Brock became Venom and went attack went on to, to attack Peter Parker Spider-Man mm-hmm. but the bell tower was the only way that Parker was able to escape the clutches yeah. of Venom. Lindsay Badger, what did you think? You're fresh out um, of the cinema literally I just am a few fresh hours out of ago. The cinema. It's been less than 12 hours since I've seen this movie. Um golly, the it, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. Fun to go to the theater, fun to sit in there in the IMAX and just go on a fun ride. Um with with a title of let there be carnage i wish there was more carnage (laughs) honestly and not not the symbiote i wanted to see a little more death and i know that coming from me that sounds a little weird because i don't like horror movies but um i felt like obviously it's not rated r so they can't go that far but Mm -hmm. i wish it would have probably done it more justice if they were allowed to get a little more bloody right but um tom hardy amazing oh Uh, woody harrelson creepy as hell and amazing (laughs) um that whole postcard scene where they're in and he goes and visits him and gets all the clues and they do that whole origin story backstory with with him cletus cassidy is a scary scary dude and i loved every minute of him on screen there was not enough of him i feel he he went a little crazy off the deep end whenever he actually came out of prison (laughs) yeah i was like okay i'm kind of done with you but whenever he was in prison and we were getting his backstory and his creepiness i loved all of that um i could not get over the fact that michelle williams was in dawson's creek so i really had some issues (laughs) getting that separation of character in my brain but um, she did really good job. Um, even whenever she had to play with um, Venom within her, and she oh, was like, great. "Ooh, that was really fun." Uh-huh. <laughs> that's great. She did such a good job doing that. And uh, Shriek, um, she's literally like the copycat of the Canary. The on Canary the DC side, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, kind of like uh, the Canary, and then there's another. Havoc uh, from X-Men has that same ability as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, that was kind of interesting to see 
her a, a little bit of her backstory. Is she a mutant? She seems I, I she didn't they didn't establish that. They just she already had that and then whenever she was transferred and I just explained how she lost her eye. Austin's, and, Austin's itching at the bit here. What, what? They, they said the word mutant in this movie. Oh, I can't well, remember what moment it was, but everybody's been talking about it on Twitter. I believe it's the first mention of the word in technically now what this universe is. So maybe okay. they introduced mutants somehow through this Sony inclusion. Like, I don't know. Very but interesting. They said the word mutant in the, in the movie for the first time. Yeah. I, I love the tie in with her and Mulligan though, because it makes Mulligan more relevant in the yes. storyline over arc, which I really thought was nice. Yeah. And that was her whole point was to get back at him. And he was the wedding gift and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. But you could, you could see his face like go white as soon as he found out that she was alive and he was like oh lord (laughs) that was but miss chen nailed it she didn't Mm -hmm. get a lot of of showtime in this movie um i think she got a little more in the last one if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. but i mean she she, i love her she actually got to play venom yeah for a moment so that was cool um, I love I love how this second sequel has shown how everyone's relationship with Venom himself has been developed and they've actually he actually cares about these people that he yeah. sees every day and he's he's got this whole issue with eating only chickens and chocolate. Um and that whole deal. He's like, I need to eat humans. I need brains. <laughs> I wish though, I, I really wish they would have had him take out the bad guys by killing him. Yeah. Him. Because yeah. Like, and I get what they're trying to do, the lethal protector, but even then, you saw how big Carnage got. There's a reason yeah. why Venom wasn't getting that big, because he's got to eat people to get yeah. that big. And they're just like, come on, Marvel. Just well, there I was know that, you want to be a the, good guy. Just, the mugging victim, the, the, the lady that was getting yeah, mugged, and he was just like, she didn't even know that she needed my... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and they just let him or threw him in the garbage can. I'm like, yeah. ah, eat him, Venom. Exactly. Eat him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I didn't understand that part very well, but... Uh, yeah. I just needed more carnage with my my let's have some carnage from both Venom and Carnage themselves. Um, I felt like that would have leveled up this movie, but otherwise it was a really fun time. Good. You know, I and, and I'm glad that you said that because for me it was a really fun time because I hearing my wife chuckle beside me on some of these scenes was just a great the party the rave scene was hilarious. It was, was the great. best. It's like you know, and it was great. great costume man. I, I kind of feel like some of the some parts of the film was very rushed. I kind of felt like, you know, the, yeah, I mean, it, it, especially like, the, let me give you an example. Um, when um, Carnage is created and he's immediately assuming he's going after his his father, uh, if you will, there's there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of rush sequences in that to where. You know, he he automatically he uh, you know Cletus is in a suit and he's he's now he's he's stolen a red car and he's driving and he's going he's already broke out his girlfriend and now they're it's just very that it was seemed, very very fast it was yeah. seemed very quick like there wasn't a lot of like here and I'll, I'll tell you another example you know when Eddie and 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 Venom separated and they kind of went their own ways their coming back was so fast there was, was. no effortless there was no story hesitation it was just like well i need to get back with eddie and so yes. it was just that's all we heard and bam they're back to eddie and now they're fighting carnage i get it though it's an hour and a half film and yeah. you know you, you can't really expand on a universe that doesn't have a lot to expand on in the first place so i get that um but that was really my only conundrum i did love how it. dr dan was like they need couples counseling, <laughs> <laughs> couples counseling. <laughs> that was funny that is good 
Um, I thought the CGI was fantastic. The, oh. the score was great. Andy Serkis directing this. I mean, that was kind of a nice little nod. I mean, Andy Serkis is a jack of all trades, dude. Yeah. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really see that uh, coming, and, and and I didn't really, I forgot he was the director until a lot later, and I'm like, I saw his name on the title, and I'm like, well, yeah. okay, let's go. Um, but uh, long story short, we need to probably talk about the elephant in the room, right? Yes, that end scene. Yeah. So, um, mid credit scene, we're ready for it. You guys ready for it? Let's do ready. it. Um. Eddie is in um, what is believed to be Cuba or some kind of area. Some tropical some getaway tropical out of the United other States country, on the run. Sort Havana, of maybe, or uh, maybe Brazil. We don't really know where he's at at the moment. And uh, the place is pretty run down, like it's a shotgun shack type place with just one bed. And he's, they're watching TV in some kind of like weird uh, Spanish soap opera. And... Um, all of a sudden, uh, see Peter Parker come on the screen, and we get J. Jonah Jameson. And he's like, you know, Eddie, who is that? And, you know, and he starts licking the TV screen. Well, in that moment, the whole screen goes white. The whole room lights up. Everything flashes, and within a moment, the room becomes a modernized, he's clean... Like, like, like a five-star resort it, sort it, of Like a five-star... Yeah, it looks like you know, some kind of sandals resort in uh, Ocho Rios, Jamaica or something. But it's the same place. And what I believe now, Austin and Lindsay, you guys can help me on, on unpacking this. I believe that is the moment where Dr. Strange literally cast a spell to make the world forget about Spider-Man. Yes, I think you're right. I, I, I have a feeling and I think it's I think it's going to be tying into at the end of Loki when they crossed into the the point of no return into the multiverses, the convergence. I believe that's all really interconnected specifically. Uh, but more specifically that that spell that is cast in Spider-Man. I think you're spot on. I, I, I feel that's what it is. And but that raises a bigger question. Did Venom forget about Spider-Man as well? When the spell is cast, being, so. well, here Eddie may have forgotten about him, but does the spell work on a symbiote? I don't think so because remember he he was saying in that same scene about letting let me show you what all the multiverses look like. So he's like an out of effect business sort of situation. He's like, let me just give you a taste of so, what I know. That was so, so crazy. I'm so glad you mentioned that. He got a snapshot. Let me show you what I see. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, I didn't even know he had that power. Well, yeah. the thing is, though, when that happened, he said, I've, I've been to all of these different dimension universes and, I, and I've seen so many different things. 80,000 years old or different something. Dimensions. Yeah. 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 But after that happened, he said, That wasn't me. I, like, I remember that line specifically. He said, That wasn't me. And was, is he pulling our leg that wasn't me? Or was that just so strategically timed that Doctor Strange does it? And so they go to that place, and when, when Tom Hardy plops up on that new bed, he said, well, that's a, that wasn't me. And then that's when the TV screen comes on. So Yeah, I the, think the it was just the this, timing. The thing about this is when Doctor Strange does that, all of these characters from other universes, the villains, are going to be transported because they have a connection to their Spider-Man. The thing about this character, Venom, he doesn't have a connection to Spider-Man. But mm -hmm. the only way I can think in my head to tie this in together is he says... I've been to all of these other universes, so maybe 
the symbiote knows about the multiverse, knows about the other universes, because in one universe, there is a venom that was attached to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So yeah. maybe that's the symbiote's connection to the Spider-Man. So when they transport this symbiote, when he licks the screen, he says, hmm, there's something about this guy. So he knows, but he doesn't know. So there is a connection. So you're not going to get all these random characters coming to this universe. You're going to get Willem Dafoe, Doc Ock, Electro, and now Venom. What now, if I don't it, think? What What if what, in that moment when he licks the screen, he's seeing a guy in a very familiar costume but with a different face? Yeah, sure. it may be very confusing that way. Too. Sure. Yes. I mean, yes. he's never seen this version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, seriously, I have literally spent the last 24 hours unpacking that last minute and a half in my brain. Yeah. Like, I think the entire universe of people that have watched this movie. Is but I really, I, I agree with you, Lindsay, thousand percent. And I think, I think honestly, it's really unique though, how the symbiote remembers and has a way to recollect the, the multiverse. multiverse. We Other didn't versions. know that until now. And Alex looked at me as like, because Alex is very, unfam- my wife, Alex is unfamiliar with the Spider-Man comics. She said, does Venom and Spider-Man are the enemies? And I'm like, Girl, <laughs> let me go home and pull some stuff for you from the Joe Burke archive of, of my comics. And and I started showing her. She's like, wow, this is going to get really crazy. And I'm like, yeah. it has potential. If Sony and Marvel do this and do it right, this could be one of the craziest crossovers yeah. ever. But will we see Tom Hardy walking around in the MCU I don't think they're going to be setting this up. And we saw Morbius. We saw Tombs in Morbius as well. Direct villain from Spider-Man. But we also saw in the Morbius trailer, we also saw a moment where he walks by a brick wall and it's Toby Spider-Man on the wall. Yeah. So does Morbius change universes at one point well, in the movie? Well, maybe. Like, I think <laughs> the reason he's seeing Morbius. Spider-Man, I think that's a direct adaptation from No Way Home. Because we're spy, all those papers are on the walls. You know, Spider Man is is fake, and you know, Maybe. I think that is probably that. It's probably during is, that era. But it's weird because it's Toby's outfit. Like it was the it was his spider. It was his spider. Suit. It was his spider. Yeah. But we don't know. In No Way Home. Maybe everyone gets to see Toby Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like maybe people see. Oh, there are multiple bad Spider Man. Like. All yeah. of this comes down to No Way Home. All of our questions are going to be answered. And I don't know if you guys saw this. And we could, pre- I mean, we could pretty much say it. There was a picture of Tom Hardy in a hat. And on the hat, it said crew. And on a little logo, Spider-Man yep. No Way Home. I remember seeing that. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah. I remember I kind of wish that. I would have. A crew I- member. Okay, no so there was speculation that he was just trolling everybody, but it could also be now. legit. So nobody can <laughs> confirm now. it or one way or the other. Yeah. That is so. I mean, honestly, I don't know if I love the movie more or I love this mid scene credit more. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just like holy cow, this movie. It's it, it packs such a punch in an hour and a half, but this this might be one of the most talked about credit scenes in quite some time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I believe that it's setting things up in such a great way. You know, you know what I liked a little bit about this movie, not the insane credit, just the movie, mm-hmm. um, is that we wrapped up our love story. Yes. Agreed. I, Agreed. I feel like we closed the door on the love story so that now we have an opening 
to a new adventure and we're not going to have baggage to carry with us, which I really appreciate. And you know, Lindsay, that's a great thing to bring up too, because now that he is in firmly in the MCU universe, no more connection connections in that universe other than our police officer, which they set him up to be a villain. So I think eventually Venom will return to that universe. But right now, wouldn't it be cool if we got obviously a movie with Venom fighting Spider-Man in the MCU and he sees maybe an alternate version of Michelle Williams who doesn't know who he is or an alternate version of characters, right? Woody Harrelson died, which I thought sucked. I wish he wouldn't have died, but he died in that universe. Maybe there's a carnage in this universe. So there's just a lot of opportunities now that he's in another universe to explore in another Venom movie. Uh, really, really cool. The, the possibilities when you start talking about like things like the multiverse and how they there could be another carnage. In an, of course there yes. is. There's multiple yeah. carnages. There's multiple Venoms. Um, but one one more thing I want to talk about before we wrap this thing up really quick. Remember when Shriek um, went and... Uh, got the police officer that made her blind in the eye. Mm-hmm. Why was the police officer's eyes glowing blue? Did he? That's what I wanted to know. Too. I seriously did she make there was him zero a mutant? Connection to that. There was zero connection. So I why didn't understand that. that. His, his, he he wasn't blind. No, he had no. he had. Did one she make him a mutant she, or something? But how? I don't know. That that was one thing that I was just like. I why don't. Did I didn't his get eyes that. Just glow. The answer is. Toxin. I forgot the character's name. I had to Google it. So in the comics, and this was a very recent run, he becomes the character of Toxin, which is a symbiote child of Carnage who attaches himself. So when he was defeated, he got a piece of that symbiote that went into him. But in the comics, he's an anti-hero, so he's a good and bad guy. So that's why I'm saying Venom's going to return because he will have to return, I believe, to fight Toxin, that character. Wow. That was vaguely not explained. That was not explained at all. And <laughs> at see, all. <laughs> I was I was like, all right, so now I gotta ask you, is Toxin blue? Is he a blue symbiote? So Toxin okay, is how many I, colors I be- do we have here? We I have believe a, he's we have yellow. red with glowing whitish blue eyes, which is why they did the eyes like that. But he looks he has a symbiote look to him. So eventually he'll be in the symbiote, but it's it's a different look. We're talking Toxin. about the cop, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mulligan. Tops. Mulligan. Yeah. Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wish they would have expanded on that just a little bit more. Sure. Like it, it's to me, it's almost like at the end of Incredible. Can we get Hulk a Snyder's when... cut of this movie so we can unpack <laughs> some stuff? Dude, I'm telling you, you're so. <laughs> What's right. his name? The guy who re- who turns into the leader at the end of Incredible Hulk when you see his head moving like oh, this. Oh yeah. It's it kind of like that, which they never did anything with that. But I hope they bring him back eventually as the yeah. Character. I hope so. Interesting. So I'm glad you brought the eyes up because I almost forgot yeah. about it. No, it yeah. was it was but it was that something that definitely made me question it too. I was like, what the hell? Was it was that? the only yeah. thing in the movie that I didn't understand. <laughs> I was like, why is this cop's eyes glowing blue like shrieks? It yep. makes no sense. And and so so your your summarization, somehow he got a piece of the of the symbiote? Yes. A, a little which I can't remember the exact moment, but something a piece got into him or it was sprayed on or, or something to where it is now. Yeah. Well, Carnage had tentacles flying everywhere, so yeah. I mean, the, okay. the odds of that happening is very high. Okay. Wow. Okay. So we have multiverse. We have Venom coming to to go and picnic with Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Tom Hardy and Tom movies. Holland. We have the Tom Battle of the Toms. Tom 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 Toms. Um, man, this is this is a really good movie, and I, I'm so excited for Sony Pictures and 
definitely this weekend being a, a definitely hit across the entire world as Venom Let There Be Carnage reigns king supreme mm-hmm. at the box office this weekend. Will it top uh, 007? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Next week's Question. next week's the release, and it's been hyped. Oh, my God. There was yeah. so much James Bond previewage oh, in the James theater Bond. this Freaking weekend. Oh, amazing. The movie is so freaking Robbie good. Robbie Malik looks amazing in that movie. Oh, I loved it, guys. Yeah. I loved it. All right, guys. Are you ready to review Venom, Let There Be Carnage? Let's go. All righty. Austin, why don't you go first? I am giving the movie a 70%. I believe this is uh, an upgrade of a sequel. Circus's direction was solid and hearty. I mean, just way to commit as this character, man. Yeah, agreed. Lindsay. 82, 8.2. 82. Yeah. Nice. I am going to probably go around an 84% just because right. of the the reason I'm going a little bit higher is because of the buildup that makes me really excited for things to come down the way in MCU. I'm really excited for this marriage, the agreements, the contracts between Sony and Marvel and Disney. I'm so glad that Sony is on board with these characters to allow these characters to be able to breathe in the way that they're intended to, and, and it'd be a comic accurate story as well. So I, that makes me happy. Uh, so we got uh, 70, we got 82, 84%. That is Pop X Cast's official review of Venom Let There Be Carnage. Man, this was a great movie. I'm, I may go back and see it again. I think if some of my. I feel like it needs to be rewatched. I think I yes. may. There's I, stuff I that we I'm, missed in there because it was a fast paced movie. For it sure. was a very fast paced And there's a lot of details. And it's it's easy to get caught, whisk away in some of that stuff. But uh, well, a solid episode, guys. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. What do you say? All right, let's Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. All right, guys, I am Austin Burke at The Burkinator. You can search and find me uh, pretty much in anywhere on the YouTubes or the Instagrams. Uh, we are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse for more great media content, artwork, and more. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative, produce content, or have a talent, you want to see it and would like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse get the chance <laughs> that's right all right and i'm uh lindsey badger you can find me everywhere on the internet at lr badger um you can connect with pop x cast on social media uh facebook instagram tumblr twitter all the places our handle is at pop x cast if you want to send us an email with comments or suggestions our address is pop at gmail.com and don't forget if you want to check out any of our future or past shows make sure you go over to our website www.popxcast.com that's exactly right and as we're speaking i'm uh, going to be sending a link into the chat right now for where we're going to be here i'm going to go ahead and pin that message that is a direct link to where Lindsay and i will be in about uh, roughly about 45 minutes from now uh, we'll be doing uh day three of inktober so uh if your guys are in the chat and you want to come hang with us uh we're just going to be chill uh, you can come uh, talk to us about movies, talk to us about Venom, uh, or Lost Boys, or just hang with us and watch or the any, art. any movies. Of That's any exactly kind. right. And I want to <laughs> say a huge special thank you to my bunny, Valentine, over in the chat room. Uh, this has been um, amazing. I'm so glad that you're here, oh. Ella, to see your beautiful bunnies and what you represent oh. uh, here oh. represented. We love you, Ella. I want you to know that. And, of course, I am Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts all over social media. And, of course, always hats off to amazing Team Pop X. Could not do this without Lindsay and Austin here tonight. And that's it for this episode 131, guys. 131 episodes. That's amazing. Join us in two weeks next time on episode 132 as we recap Marvel's 
What If? And oh. that will be on October the 17th, guys. I got to go ahead and schedule There's that on so the feed. There's so much to unpack on that show. It might be in an hour and a half. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to pull it apart. And I mean, I, I want to talk about the zombies episode specifically. Oh. But, no, right? It's so good. But from all of us here at Pop X Cast, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll see you next time. Uh, Austin, safe travels to New York on your uh, Dune film adventures. Yeah. Can't wait, man. Awesome. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you next time right here on Pop X Cast. From everyone at Pop X Cast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell so you know when we go live next. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Throw us up a like on Instagram and all those other social media outlets. At popxcast. Until next time.